Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? I'm doing all right. I, I think we can both both say we're, we're recovering Ravens fans from the game that was yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of just in shock and in silence after that game ended. I didn't really have much to say, but uh, the Ravens lost in overtime to the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, 27-24. You know, really great game, very fun to watch. Um, you know, so we'll do our usual deal. We'll talk about the offense, defense, special teams. Uh, you know, even though the Ravens lost, they played really well, so we're still going to hand out a game ball. We will discuss our pop of the week, put somebody on the bulletin board, and look forward to Week 15 as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to town you know, I, I started out this game with my laptop in front of me, taking notes like I usually do for each game, and then I realized, you know, this is too much fun. This game is, is too high energy for me to be distracted by this. Let me just watch it and enjoy. And from the jump, the energy in Arrowhead Stadium was outstanding. I mean, I could just feel that it was like a big-time environment there. The Ravens kind of got burned by Travis Kelsey early, but we'll talk about that on the defensive side. But offensively, you know, a lot of similar things to the to the past few weeks. You know, what are some of the things that you noticed? Well, you know, number one, it, it, it's exciting to see the Ravens offensive line be healthy and play well. You know, I think I think you look at you look at how competitive the Ravens were yesterday. I think it all comes down to the offensive line in a lot of respects. And James Hurst is back at left guard, played fairly well. I think he had a couple penalties, but overall played fairly well. He really solidifies that offensive line. And I think moving forward, it, that's only going to help the Ravens that much more to have him back because, as everyone says, you know, it starts in the trenches. And, and that was a big part of the Ravens yesterday, running the football, as always, Time of possession, even though at the end of the end of the game, the Chiefs still ended up edging them out in time of possession. The Ravens still were able to hold on to the ball, have some big-time drives. I was watching the highlights again today. On the first touchdown drive for the Ravens, all runs, mm-hmm. all positive plays for the touchdown. So not once did they throw the ball. Not once did they have a negative play. They just marched right down the field and right into the end zone that's that's just fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. That was such an awesome response because that was right after the Chiefs' first touchdown drive as well, and the Ravens responded so nicely. Like you said, 75 yards, all on the ground. And, you know, when that happens and an offense just heats up like that, the defense on the other side has to just be thinking like, oh, boy, here we go. Because, you know, when, when Gus Edwards heats up and, and Kenneth Dixon ran really well yesterday on on what, seven, eight carries, plus you add Lamar Jackson. I mean, look, the Ravens didn't get to 200 yards. They didn't set or tie that record, but they got to 198, and they they imposed their will on the ground once again. They did, and and, and that's, you know what? We, this is why Lamar Jackson is has to remain the starting quarterback. You know what? His numbers yesterday, you know, 13 for 24, 147 yards, not great. Did throw for two touchdowns. A couple of the throws were great. Should have probably had a third to Chris Moore in the end zone that was wiped out by a, a terrible non-call 
by the refs. I think we both agree that should have been pass interference. But, you know, robbed of three touchdowns, of a third touchdown. But that said, he was fairly pedestrian on the day throwing the ball. But 13 carries, 71 yards, leads the offense. I mean, that 21-yard carry, I think it was early in the first half, Mm -hmm. the scramble for 21 yards. I mean, the speed from this guy is out of control. Just unbelievable when he cuts the corner. Yeah, he got out there, and I was like, oh, that was a nice run. And they said 21 yards. I was like, what? He got 21 yeah. yards down the field that quickly? That was wild. I mean, it was such a nice run, you know, weaving through defenders. But I, talking about that Chris Moore play, and and I want to talk about the officiating really quick. And I hate to be one of the fans that said, oh, the refs, you know, they were wanted the Chiefs to win. And Man, there were some bad, bad calls that were made, and there were some bad, bad calls that were not made. The Chris Moore one was huge. If he, if he doesn't catch that ball, then the Ravens should have had the ball on the one-yard line. If he does, then obviously it's a touchdown. The other one that was absolutely killer on offense was late in the fourth quarter. The Ravens had just forced a punt. They started from inside their 10, and they were driving. They were out near the 40-yard line. Michael Crabtree catches a ball for a first down to cross midfield, and it's brought back by one of the softest offensive pass interference calls I have ever seen. That was miserable, and it was killer. It was awful. It was just disgusting. I mean, it it made you know what? I, so the Ravens lose, and we'll talk about the de- this more when we talk about the defense. But you know, obviously, the Ravens lose a lot of its magic because let's face it, Mahomes is pretty unbelievable. But to have stuff like that happen that then creates the magic for Mahomes just really grinds my gears. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like, God, I, I'm i okay to lose from because of magic. You know, when magic happens, sometimes you just need to salute it, you know, when it's it's just unbelievable talent. But when they're just non-calls that suck and just terrible, terrible actual penalties that are called – it's just beyond ridiculous. I, you know, stuff like that. And that penalties, why penalties aren't challengeable is beyond me. If you want to use one of your three challenges to challenge a penalty call in that spot, you should be allowed to. Uh, that crab I mean, not to, go off, not to go off on a tangent, but that's what I mean, especially the Crabtree one. Oh, Late in the game. Now, I guess, I guess what was the time? You wrote it down. What was the time for that game? Four minutes thirty one. Four minutes thirty one seconds okay. in the fourth quarter. So they, we so we could have challenged the play at that point. We could have because it, it wasn't I mean, inside two. So any mm-hmm. other play could have been challenged if it was a challengeable play. So why the heck not? You know, it's still a big moment in the ball game. A big terrible terrible call. Let's put that under review. Why not? We're still going to watch it eight times. <laughs> Right. I mean, seeing it over and over again was, was painful in itself. But I I just, that one call in particular really, really stings because we had just scored. We had just forced mm-hmm. a punt. We had all the momentum. We were driving. We were looking good. Lamar had thrown some really nice passes on that drive to convert third downs. And that just derailed the whole thing. And, you know, that was just, mm-hmm. ah, man, it was so killer. And it was just such a bad call. Like, if it was close, then I'd be like, all right, fine, you know. Yeah, sure. You know, 
refereeing is very difficult. I mean, players are getting bigger, faster, stronger. These guys' eyes can and brain can still only move at the same speed. It's really hard to sure. be a ref. But that one was bad. That one was bad. Well, all the more reason to review something mm-hmm. at some point, you know, or give give teams. Okay, you get two challenges, potentially a third. One of your two can be a penalty. I don't know. I'm just whatever. I, I I'll try to get off that tangent, but that that kind of <laughs> stuff just ticks me off. Yeah, no, I I hear you. There's there's got to be something to it. But so I mean, we had James Hurst come back, like you mentioned, slot into the left guard position. Uh, I think the offensive line overall was pretty good. I mean, the the Chiefs' defense isn't great, but if you look at one of their position groups that is good, it is that defensive line, and I think that offensive line really held their own against them and and like we said we ran for almost 200 yards we we kind of did whatever we wanted on the ground i think this line if if we can you know manage to get in the playoffs the way that they're playing could be an another opposing defense's worst nightmare you know what there's something to be said for that i mean you look at the last super bowl year for the ravens not that this is a super bowl team but what changed that team is when the line gelled mm-hmm. and they went they, they went on a run. You know, very well the same thing could happen with this team. James Hurst is back. Let's say the Ravens win the next three games and they're rolling into the playoffs. That I mean, anything can happen at that point. Um, so you know they they're a they're a huge key, um, especially with a young quarterback, especially with a with an offense that suddenly is a a uh, rushing powerhouse, um, they're going to be a major key for the rest of the year. Yeah, for sure. I, I mentioned him quickly, but Kenneth Dixon ran really well. You know, he's back from IR for the second game now. Uh, I, he was running strong, and Gus Edwards, again, averaged more than four yards a carry. Only only 16 carries this time, but, you know, those two young backs are looking good. Ty Montgomery didn't have as many touches yesterday. Uh, but you know he he provides that kind of that speed. So that three headed monster back there, and you know if you add Lamar to it, that four headed monster I guess is is pretty potent and and you know definitely the best rushing attack in the NFL recently. In the passing game, again not huge numbers for anybody, but Willie Sneed leads the team in re- receptions and yards. The, re- the return of Willie Sneed. Yeah, welcome back. Where. Where have you gone, Willie Sneed? You know, welcome back. Yeah, I know. I mean, a- he, he just manages to catch, like, really weird third-down passes. The one that I noticed yesterday was uh, a third-down, third-and-short conversion. Uh, Lamar looked like he was going to try to go deep, but then uh, all of a sudden kind of just threw a little duck out to Willie Sneed, and he just, I don't even know how he caught it, but he just came down with it for a conversion. You know, he does seem like a go-to guy for uh, Lamar in the passing game. But, you know, Lamar, you mentioned his stats before. He had a really good quarterback rating. I think that the total QBR was over 100 for him. He he ended up with a better rating than yeah. Mahomes. Yeah, that so, is very true. It's, it's 100, 100.5 to 91.5. So even though his numbers at first glance look fairly pedestrian, he still had a pretty fantastic game. He did. For sure, and you know maybe we can talk about it really quick. And you know, as we record this Monday night, um, we heard some 
interview responses earlier from John Harbaugh saying that Joe Flacco is likely going to be ready to go for this week. So, you know, decision has to be made who's going to be your starting quarterback and who's going to see the majority of the reps. And we seem to be on the same page that you got to stick with Lamar. You've got to stick with Lamar. And actually, right before we started recording this on Monday night, I happened to, to pop on uh, ESPN for a minute. And uh, our good friend, Chris Mortensen, friend of the show, not really, but mm-hmm. friend of the show, um, he uh, was saying that they expect Lamar to start, but Joe will indeed be active. So, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes because um, – I, I don't see how, you know, I mean, Harbaugh was talking a little bit about how maybe we could have a package for Flacco and this, that, and the other. I, I don't see how you can do that in reverse. You know, it works when Flacco is the starting quarterback to have Lamar come in in a couple packages or with Flacco because, hey, here's this, you know, potential, you know, Cordell Stewart, whatever, he can do anything kind of player. But you can't really do that with Flacco the same way. You know, I mean, what, you're going to bring in Flacco and have him sit stand at wide receiver for a play? <laughs> you know? Um, I, I don't I don't see the, po- you know, the positive result of that. And so it's got to be you start Lamar Jackson, Flacco's the backup, and that's what it is. Now, I will say, as much as I don't mind RG3, I sure wish Joe Flacco had been healthy last week, so... So maybe at the end of OT, he could have thrown a couple bombs deep to John Brown mm-hmm. instead of what we saw from RG3. Not that I'm at all blaming RG3 for the end of the game. But I just, I don't know, man. I, I think you've got to go with Lamar. I, I don't think there's really any other logical decision to well, be made here's, here's a hot take for you. Flacco has taken so long to come back because he was working on his route running. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's well said, dude. I like that. I like that. And that was a terrible laugh on my end, but it was, but it was real. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I am, I am right there with you. I think you got to stick with Lamar, and it's such a shame for Flacco because he might have had his last start in Baltimore, but you know this this team is just playing too well right now. Despite the loss, this team is just playing too well right now to make a change and. You know, changing back to Flacco changes the offensive scheme enough to kind of throw a wrench in things. And I don't think that's what you want to do right now, especially with uh, the playoffs looming. So, I mean, did, did you have anything else to mention on the Here's, here's an interesting scenario. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting question. Just talking about Flacco and everything else. Let's say we start Jeff Flacco. Let's say, let's say Lamar's ankle flares up and it's, it's not even a question of would you start Joe or Lamar. It's just we're going to be safe, start Joe, because Lamar's a little gimpy stuff. So you start Flacco. You've got theoretically a healthy Flacco. You've got the wideouts are healthy. You've got the tight ends are healthy. The offensive line is healthy. Now we actually have running backs that whether you want to, you know, say it's really Lamar that's causing the, the rushing attack to be as good as it is or not you've still got running backs that are performing well what does that do with Flacco as the quarterback does that suddenly give Flacco what he needs to be successful because where Flacco you know where 
at least at this point, I think you can say Lamar Jackson is capable of carrying a team with his legs. You can't necessarily say that about Joe anymore unless he has the talent around him. And he may have the talent around him if the offensive line is playing well and there's a good running game. Is that fair to say? I mean, is that weird? I mean, I'm not not saying we should start Joe, but maybe it's not the end of the world if we do. It's not the end of the world. And, 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 you know, that's kind of the the tough part about it because, look, there is something to be said for a – I hate to say this, but a motivated Joe Flacco. And I know he's always motivated. Yeah. special incentives right so back to the yeah. super bowl year he had a, he was in his contract year he played well at the end he got big money this year you draft a quarterback he's putting up career numbers at the beginning of the season now he could be fighting for he might be his, out of the job yeah exactly so he now when he gets his, he might be out of baltimore at the end of the season he might be toast he might be done right he might be fighting for a starting job on another team for like the Denver Broncos next year or something crazy or the so, Miami Dolphins or yeah is that, is that the incentive he needs once again to get his you know his juice back maybe I don't know yeah but look yeah all things the way they are right now you know x-ray was negative on Lamar's ankle sure. I think you got to start sure him. absolutely in both both being both quarterbacks being healthy there's no question you start Lamar. He's the future. He's now the present, too. Yeah, for sure. So maybe now let's talk, let's talk about the defense. And, man, they really played their hearts out yesterday. You know, they, they absolutely balled against the league's top offense in the, in the Chiefs. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe I'll let you talk really quick because Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. Dude, ridiculous, man. I, I mean, there's some, sometimes you just watch games and you just have to say, wow. I mean, and like I, I look back at this game, you know, compare this game to, you know, one of the other losses that I've had before that have just really pissed me off. You know, some one of the playoff losses to the Steelers or when we've lost to Tom Brady in the closing seconds or or he just had a good game and you get mad and I there was just something different I guess number one part of me goes good for the Chiefs you know I I don't I don't hate the Chiefs I guess so it's it's, I don't think I'm ever going to hate Mahomes but you've got a city who you got to compare him somewhat to Baltimore Mm -hmm. you know they're a mid-market city the Royals are pretty close to the Orioles you know and then you've got the Chiefs down the Ravens you know at it seems to compare quite a bit, quite nicely. I think, you know, it, it, how great would it be to be a Kansas City fan over the last few years? You get a Royals World Series, and now you have probably the best quarterback in football leading the Chiefs. And, and you've got to think he's got a Super Bowl in his future as long as he stays healthy. I mean, just unbelievable. We were talking about it before we started recording. I mean, third and 19 fourth and nine. I mean, you know, he's making these plays that are so crazy. I think, you know, we'll talk more about the third and 19. I'm sure in the fourth, fourth and nine in a moment, the play to me, that was the craziest was in the fourth quarter. He had this little like scramble flick. That was an 
absolute rocket through about four guys threading the needle to where who was wide open on the sideline and, and he runs down for 31 yards. Mm-hmm. And it was just this little flick that just shot. It, it was just that to me, the arm talent that this guy has throwing across his body to the other side of the field. Everything we got to see yesterday was as advertised. You know, I'd watched highlights, but I hadn't watched a full game yet. I missed the crazy Monday nighter a few weeks back. So this, this was my first real, here's Patrick Mahomes. And man, did he deliver. What a player yeah and then the the one play that that i think you forgot to mention uh that we talked about before was the no look pass i mean mm-hmm. that's you know that's brand new to everybody nobody's ever done that before and and if they have then it wasn't captured on camera because that was absolutely insane and you can tell that he was truly not looking because michael pierce was there trying to bat down the pass and he jumped the wrong way he jumped where <laughs> Mahomes' eyes were, and the ball went the wrong way. And also, the interesting thing about that play is at the end, and, and Mike uh, pointed this out to me, so, so hat tip to him. At the end of that play, Marlon Humphrey ended up with the ball. As the receiver was going down, Humphrey kind of stripped it, and he ended up with the ball, and you know, Carr kind of pointed, you know, oh, we got the ball, and absolutely no review you know, the Chiefs kind of hurried up to the line and ran the next play, but that could have been huge. And no official review. I don't think the Ravens could have challenged it themselves at that point, but that was big. But going back to Mahomes, unbelievable. Uh, like, I mean, I said this before, but yesterday he kind of stole that extended play wizardry from. Ben Roethlisberger. You know, Ben Roethlisberger was always the king of, you know, extending plays and rolling out and finding mm-hmm. the open receiver. But, I mean, Mahomes was j- doing the exact same thing yesterday. You know, his best plays are when he's kind of scrambling out of the pocket and, you know, everything kind of breaks down. I mean, ty- when you have guys like Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey on your team, obviously it makes it a little bit easier. But, I mean, he was the one making those plays, and it was... Yeah. It was really, really special to watch. And, you know, one of the main reasons that I stopped taking notes, I was like, dude, I just got to watch this guy play. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I mean, it, and, the, you know, the main difference, too, which is crazy between he and Big Ben, because that's a great comparison. The difference is Mahomes is throwing rockets. Like, you th- think about some of the times Ben scrambled around, he's kind of throwing ducks to people, you know, but he makes the play. But <laughs> Mahomes is just throwing darts left and right. To places that you wouldn't think someone could throw a dart to, he's getting it done. Uh, it's 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 truly unbelievable. I mean, and and really, we're supposed to start talking about the defense, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start kind of include the defense into this because I think generally, I think we can all agree the defense played extremely well for giving up 27 freaking points. Mm-hmm. I've never been happier with how a defense played. I think the end of the game. They were gassed. You know, that that um, the final drive at the end of the half and then having to get on the field with the blocked field goal and, you know, all, after the fumble and mm-hmm. then having to, you know, just that first extended drive into overtime, the defense was gassed at the end of the game. Yeah. And, I mean, as much as, as much as the Ravens had a great game plan and 
you know, time of possession. They were at least neck and neck with the Chiefs, and they kept Mahomes off the field as much as they could. But it's just the way things turned out, they they were gassed. So I can't blame them for what there, – there have been games where I would totally look at the defense and say, you know what, you should have made plays. I, they had their chances. You know, there, there was the fumble – um, yep. There was the, you know, there there were so many times throughout the end. So I, I don't want to sound like I'm being overly negative about the defense. But, but that said, I mean, some of these plays by Mahomes, as great as they were. I mean, you look at the third and 19 play mm-hmm. where Judon had a huge sack to make a third and 19. Almost gets over to Mahomes for a, a back-to-back sacks. Mahomes ends up making the play deep. Weddle was there to make the play. All he needed to do was wrap up. What does he do? I don't know if he's just trying to lay a big hit to try to jar the ball loose or whatever. All he needed to do was wrap up. They were three to four yards short. Yet he doesn't. First down. Just, ugh. That frustrates the crap out of me when guys, I mean, just wrap up. He was there. That's all he had to do. And then fourth and nine. Their own 40. Mahomes scrambles around, tosses the ball to Hill. How is C.J. Mosley the one guarding Tyreek Hill? He runs for 48 yards. How, how is that even possible that C.J. Mosley is guarding him? I know it's a broken play I know stuff happens but there's gotta be a better plan of attack so guys have their heads on a swivel for plays like that to find Hill am I wrong no I I, I agree that that was a weird weird personnel decision and I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, the big time players are the ones that you need to key in on on situations like that, and you know, seem to kind of lose contain on him a little bit on that play. But man, I, I mean, yeah, that was that was a tough play too. I, I mean, I just, you know, Mosley was right there. I, you know, just Hill is obviously worlds faster than him, even if he was on one leg, kind of hurting the whole game, but. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was a weird weird decision on, on the on the defensive call. I I do want to give a lot of credit to uh, Wink Martindale though, because you know Tony Romo mentioned it several times. The Ravens were so aggressive. Uh, you know they had at times all eleven guys up near the line of scrimmage with no help over the top, which is a risky game to play when you and when you have guys like Tyreek Hill and um, and Travis Kelsey who can really stretch the field. But all that pressure and all those kind of exotic blitzing packages that they brought really confused Mahomes quite a bit. I mean that second half, that offense was not very successful. They scored one time in the second half. They scored a touchdown. And and that's it, and and I don't think anybody else has done that to the Chiefs this season at all. So they had fifteen quarterback hits. They were getting after him a lot, and the way that the Chiefs were kind of countering that was with shorter plays like the screens and the quick passes right over the top of the blitz. That you know the Ravens were able to corral anyway, and and you know yeah maybe they gained you know nine eleven yards, but it wasn't. 
25 to 30 yards. And, and they limited a lot of the chunk plays like that. But again, the third and 19 was a chunk play. The fourth and nine was a big chunk play. The play that you mentioned to Spencer Ware down the sideline was a big play. They just made plays when they had to. Uh, you know, the Ravens probably defend them better than anybody else in the league. Maybe the Bears can hang with them, but... You know, that was quite a performance. I'm I'm proud of the way the defense played, and they show that, you know what, we can hang with these guys and uh, potentially probably even should have won this game. Well, you know what? You're right about that. And you know what's funny is is I was thinking, I wanted to win the game yesterday, but when they lost, it made me think, well, now, now when we see the Chiefs in the playoffs, we'll have some revenge to get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of me likes that. Let's say the Ravens win this game and see the Chiefs in the playoffs again at Arrowhead. You're t- telling me this team is not going to go in there and kind of feel a little cocky because they won at Arrowhead already, and then they'll get their butts kicked because Mahomes is pissed they lost at Arrowhead earlier in the season. I, I kind of like it the other way around, if that makes any sense. You know, um, if, if we're going to lose a game and see – a team later in the playoffs, I, I, I kind of like this scenario. Because, A, we know we can hang with the Chiefs. The defense have, you know, both the offense and the defense have proven they can hang with the other side. Um, I, and I think on the other side of the coin, you've got the Chiefs. you got to go, man, we, we just squeaked out that win, and now they're coming back again? Whew. Mm-hmm. So that could be that could be a fun down the road. I mean, just something to think about. I don't want to look too far ahead. But we make it to, you know, round two of the playoffs. And if we end up going on to Kansas City, I think that could be a very winnable game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, this was a winnable game. I mean, by the way that it, yeah. that it played out. I mean, you know, you know all but the I pressure. Have said sorry, that. I wouldn't have said that coming in, though. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to speak over you there, but I wouldn't have said that either. I wouldn't have said this was a winning, winnable ball game. Yep. You know, until now. You know, so now knowing that, you know, if, shoot, if, if the dumb fans confident now think about how confident and pissed off that that locker room must be in Baltimore that they got to be thinking I want that, that team again and the next time we're going to see them is the playoffs so hopefully I'm sure that's going to be the message in one way shape or form but it'll be uh it'll, that would be fun to see that play out yeah for sure I mean you know we can we can maybe move on to the special teams now. I mean, you know, look, there's not really much more we can say about the defense. They, you know, they played so well. Yeah. They just got beat on a couple of very key plays that, that ended up leading to the loss. But, you know, they should be really proud of the way that they played yesterday for sure. Um, special teams, Justin Tucker was good. Sam Cook is unbelievable. He, you know, I think one of the clutchest plays – was uh, late in the fourth quarter. You know, after uh, the the Ravens had to punt after the uh, the Michael Crabtree pass interference, the Chiefs stuck Tyreek Hill back for a punt return, and Sam Cook, you know, boomed one directional kick, and you know everybody in the house was thinking, "Oh boy, here comes Tyreek Hill. He's about to make a big play." Sam Cook hits a terrific punt and you get a terrific coverage by the team. I believe it was Chris Moore on the tackle. I mean, that was awesome. That was so clutch to kind of cancel him out. On the return side, Cyrus Jones almost won it. 
he's getting hot, man. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be fun to see. It's gonna be fun to see. I mean, you know, you look at you look at all the little things happening. You know, when the Ravens have been good and won the Super Bowl, you know, all these little things started happening. The return game really sparks up. The offensive line and the running game start playing well. The defense plays well. The kicking game's always solid. You know, and you start kind of ticking the boxes here. And and one of the boxes that the Ravens haven't been able to tick this year has been those returns. And it, it's fun to see Cyrus Jones start to turn into the Alabama Cyrus Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's he's gotten hot, I think. So here's a lesson to everybody. If you have the choice to make the opposing team punt again, always make them punt again. So that was the second punt uh, that was replayed after offsetting right. penalties. So always make them punt again. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, good call by uh, John Harbaugh there. I saw he asked Jerry Rosberg, hey, man, what should we do? Had tip to uh, Rosberg on that one as well. But, yeah, Cyrus Jones and that return team getting hot. Um, so that's that's good to see, too, after some, some several weeks of not so much activity there. Absolutely. So, it's fun to see, man. It's fun to see. Mm-hmm. So maybe now let's hand out our game ball uh, you know and and usually we don't do this after a loss but the ravens did play well kind of all in all three phases of the game so who are you going with i'm i'm going a little off the wall this week i'm actually giving the game ball to the coaching staff i mean i think it's pretty unbelievable how we've seen this team evolve on offense so as much as i would love to hate on marty morningweg the fact that this team has been so dynamically different than the than what it was prior to the bye, and it's not just Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's just a completely new offense. The running game, you know, the offensive line starting to gel. You know, you got to give the coaching staff a lot of credit for that offensive turnaround. And and as you said just a few moments ago, Wink Martindale. I mean, you got to love what he's brought to the defense this season. And, you know, you couldn't have much of a better game plan against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it sounds crazy to say you give up 27 points and you're just elated about the performance of your defense. But that's just the reality of the situation. They just played incredibly well against a fantastic offense. And a lot of it was the game plan and on both sides of the ball, you know, both the the ball control offense that allows the defense to play as well as it does so my game ball goes to to the coaching staff as a whole and and i don't want to leave out john harbaugh obviously he's letting his his uh, coordinators do his thing do their thing and and you know you, you gotta like that yeah for sure i mean they deserve a ton of credit speaking of wink martindale he is really leaning into the uh defensive coordinator look i don't know if you've noticed this but you know but at the beginning of the season he started with his quarter zips and uh you know was looking pretty good now he's wearing long sleeve shirts with cut off hoodies you know he's got his hat he's got a scruffy beard he is really leaning into it and maybe that's what's making him play so well but yeah the, i mean the whole coaching staff like you said uh deserves a lot of credit i am gonna go with kenneth dixon um, you know, only touched the ball, you know, what, eight, nine times yesterday. But every time he touched it, he was making a play. You know, he averaged more than seven yards on the ground. He had one catch for 21 yards on a pretty pretty terrific scramble by Lamar Jackson. But, look, he's had a less than smooth start to his career. 
between the injuries and the suspensions. So all in all, it's just really good to see him playing well. I mean, he was supposed to be the difference maker in the backfield. And, you know, maybe, you know, being out for so long, he's got those fresh legs for the stretch run of the season. And he looked really good on Sunday, and hopefully he can keep it going. So game ball to him as well uh, and the coaching staff. Now let's go to our pop of the week. You got one in mind? I do. The aforementioned Kenneth Dixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the uh, first half, he had a 15-yard run. At the end of that, or as he was getting over the first yard, or first down marker, he had a huge stiff arm, got another five yards. That's my pop of the week. Oh, yeah. That was definitely a good one. I'm going to go with the sack by Matthew Judon. And, you know, he just he – just, he just got into Mahomes pretty good. So I, I like that hit, and it was clean. Didn't get called for a penalty or anything like that. You know, Chiefs fans wanted a little something there, but I think it was a good shot by Judon. So Dixon and Judon get our pop of the week. So now let's move over and start looking into next week as we look at our bulletin board. So who are you putting on notice? I got to put Eric Weddle on notice. You know, there were a couple times throughout the ball game where he just seemed – I don't know if it was if out of it is the right right way to say it or just a step behind or something, and then to miss that tackle, I just that that we talked about earlier on the third and nineteen. There were still, you know, he could have wrapped up and it would have been what fourth and three, something like that. But instead, he you know he goes to try to I don't know just pop the receiver and jar the ball away and first down. So I, you know, Weddle, we expect more. We want more. You want more. We want you to eat some ice cream after the game. So you know what? You're on notice. You're on the bulletin board for this week. In addition to that third and 19, look back again at that fourth and nine play and see if you can get like one of the all 22 visuals or views and just try to explain to me what Eric Weddle was doing when the ball was in the air. He didn't really do much of anything, and I feel like he could have at least cut down on some of the yards after the catch, if not making a play on the ball. So, yeah, I hear you. Bolton board, Eric Weddle for sure. Now, I am going to go with the coaching staff, and I know that they got their their game ball from you. But next week has a huge red flag for me because it is ripe for a letdown game. The Ravens played so well this week. They had an emotional loss in overtime against a really good team, a Super Bowl contender. And all of a sudden, we turn around and the Tampa Bay Bucks are coming to town. They are none of the above. But they are dangerous. They were beating the Saints early on. Uh, they were kind of taking it to them. So they do have some very talented players and, and could sneak up and beat this Ravens team. So... I'm putting it on the coaching staff. You got to make sure the guys are ready to go because they are right for a letdown game after a tough loss. Eric Weddle, quarterback of the defense and the coaching staff got to make sure that everybody on both sides of the ball are ready to go. So they are on our bulletin board. So now we got to look forward to week 15 as the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to come to town. The Ravens get back home for a game against the 5-8 and eight Bucks, 
look, the Bucks started 2 and 0. They've gone 3 and 8 since, but they have won two of their last three. They just lost to the Saints. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, they took a took a decent lead against the Saints only to have them score uh several unanswered points and the offense kind of fell apart there. What are we looking for here? I I mean, is is there any chance the Ravens lose this game? Oh, I think there's every chance the Ravens lose this game just because of everything you mentioned, you know, by putting the coaching staff on notice. I mean, this is, you know, the Bucks. look, there's no question. The Ravens should win this game. The Ravens are the better team. The Ravens lost to the Browns this year, so they can lose to the Bucks. I mean, as much as I, as I've talked about how great the Ravens played this week and how much I think they're a playoff team and everything else, they still need to prove it. And they've got to go out and prove that they are, you know, a, a class above the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, it, you don't allow, if you're going to go to the playoffs to make a deep run, you can't allow Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to come to Baltimore and, and win. Bottom line. Yeah, that's for certain. So, I mean, look, the Ravens should win by more than one score in this game, especially playing at home. Um, you know, Jameis Winston kind of having a weird year. He was suspended, and then he started, and then he got benched, and now he's starting again. I I mean, look, they do have some dangerous weapons on offense. You know, Mike Evans is a big-time receiver. Um, you know, they have Deshaun Jackson, who has all the speed in the world still, and even Chris Godwin, their 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 other big receiver. Uh, look, they do have some weapons. They don't run the ball well. I mean, look, every every strength that they have, the Ravens are better at defending it. So I expect the, the, the defense to have a big day. You know, Jameis Winston is kind of turnover prone. Uh, I, I think that we can have some takeaways and kind of kind of ice this thing away um, fairly easily. I agree. Are you ready for your predictions? Because I'm about ready to uh, predict a big one. Yeah, let's go for it. Go ahead. But, you know, I, I go before ahead. you start, let me give you some context. Early line has the Ravens favored by eight, and the over-under for total okay. points is 46 and a half. Okay, interesting. I'm going to go under, and the Ravens are going to win 31 to three. Yikes, big time. Okay. And, and what's, what's your game script? What's going to happen? It's going to be, it's just getting like, like the script we've seen. It's just going to be a lot of Lamar running the ball. And, you know, we might see some, some, a little bit more, you know, dazzle from the arm, you know, but it, it's mostly just going to be ball control, power offense and, and time of possession. And they're just going to dominate on defense and probably have a defensive score to go, go among that, those 31 points. Yeah. I hear you. I, I think it's it's going to be like twenty seven to ten. I, I'm probably taking the under as well, uh, just because we haven't seen the Ravens score all that many points. I guess uh, aside from the game with the defensive score and the special team score. So I'm I'm going to go twenty seven ten Ravens. I, I think that defensively we're just playing too well right now. You know, uh, you know Marlon Humphrey being healthy is going to be a big deal, obviously. But Jimmy Smith still playing well. You know, Anthony Averett got some good snaps in. Brandon Carr, obviously, and and Eric Weddle, the guy on your bulletin board. I expect everybody to play well. Chuck Clark has been pretty good, so that back end is is pretty solid. 
I, I just think that the defense is too much, and, and our ground game is really going to get after them. So uh, 27-10, Ravens win pretty easily, and I think that Lamar and Flacco end up getting snaps during this game. Oh, I like it. I like that prediction. And you know what? I like that prediction somewhat for mine as well. If it's 31-3, to you best believe Flacco is probably getting some snaps at the end of the game. Man, is, isn't that weird to think, though? I mean... Super Bowl winning quarterback, and he's coming in. Maybe he gets some to snaps take some cleanup snaps at the end of the game. Very That's strange. Crazy. Very strange. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. A tough loss for the Ravens against the Chiefs, but a lot of encouraging signs uh, that we saw yesterday. We think that the Ravens are going to dominate the Tampa Bay Bucks next week. Uh, we will have Michael Long inside the bank next week, plus a special on the field experience for him so we'll hear from him for andrew holly this is tk this was crab takes in football we'll talk to you next week go ravens go ravens